Have you done incredible things, but secretly fear your best days are behind you? Perhaps you feel your trajectory has kind of plateaued. Perhaps you wonder whether you're in a gilded cage of your own making. Or perhaps just the joy has gone in what you're doing right now, despite everybody else around you seeing you as a success. Perhaps you're haunted by those two words, what's next? Well, today we're going to look at the question, how do you find a mission that sets you on fire, that fulfills your potential and gets you out of the bed in the morning on a mission, something that lights you up? I'm going to offer four ideas that may well shift how you've been thinking about this and offer you four well-known sources of inspiration that you can tap into to find your own next level. Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO, where we aim to help you 10x your financials, 10x your positive impact in the world, and 10x the fun you have along the way. I'm Richard Medcalf, founder of X Quadrant, and I coach some of the world's top leaders from CEOs running billion dollar businesses to entrepreneurs of disruptive, visionary startups. And I work with them on these very issues. So welcome, and let's dive straight in. These questions around purpose and what's next are big ones, and they're also really common, especially amongst high performers who know that although everybody else sees them as super successful, they know they're just getting started and they're hungry for more impact. Now, perhaps you've just exited a business and you're wondering what's next. Or perhaps, as I said, you're getting a bit bored in your current role and you want a mission that sets you on fire. Well, you're simply aware you're just not living up to your potential. Well, in these moments, I like to go back to the words of Sam Altman, who, as you may know, is currently the chief executive of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT. And he said the following. He said, it's useful to focus on adding another zero to whatever you define as success. Perhaps it's money, status, impact, or whatever. I'm willing to take as much time as needed between projects to find my next thing. But I always want it to be a project that, if successful, will make the rest of my career look like a footnote. I think that idea of finding the next thing that will make the rest of your career look like a footnote is amazing. I call it the journey of an exponential life. In other words, when you're on an exponential curve, behind you it looks flat and in front of you it looks vertical. And that's the fun game that we get to play if we want. So what I'm gonna do in this episode is to share four ways of thinking about how you can find that mission that sets you on fire and takes you back onto that exponential trajectory. Let's get stuck in with point one. First of all, you've got to shed your past labels, but also mine your past. It's a bit of a contradiction, let me explain. Very often what we do when we're thinking about our future and our goals is to stick to the roles and achievements that have defined us, defined us and, and made us successful. So for example, you might see yourself as a successful finance leader, a successful or chief executive, or a pioneer of small-scale businesses, or whatever else your label is. 
And you might also say, well, I'm just an expert in the X industry, the Y industry. We start to put labels on, which basically are referring to our past. And if we're not careful, those labels will limit our future. So I want to invite you to drop the labels and start to think about where do you really want to go? What would be the labels that you would love to have in the future? This is about envisaging a future self. And there's no reason why the you in 10 years time could have a whole different set of labels from the you of five or 10 years ago, or even of now. So this is really key point. So often we define ourselves by our past. For example, personally, various points in my career, when I started my career in consulting, people saw me as the high, highly analytical Excel god, as they called me. I was brilliant at Excel. Now I hardly use spreadsheets. But at the time, that was my ticket to success. That's how I got promoted in my early stages of my career, because I was fast and accurate and insightful on a spreadsheet. But that's a long time ago now. Another example is when I was working at Cisco, yeah, I would perhaps define myself as, as an executive, right? I was in a Fortune uh, 100 company, senior level. That was my label. And yet in order to get to my next level, I had to redefine myself. I had to take on new labels such as entrepreneur. Uh, I had to take on labels, which to be honest at the time, I wasn't even sure I wanted. Like, did I really want to be seen as a coach? For me, coaching was something that happened when you had no more content to give. And, uh, and so I, for me, there was a real journey of actually embracing these labels, entrepreneur, coach. But shedding our labels isn't enough. It's also a question of looking at our past. So as you start to shed the past labels, think about future labels that might be a fit. There's no need to decide them right now, but you can start to imagine what would interesting labels be. Uh, author, politician, activist, serial entrepreneur, world changer. Just start to generate these possible future identities and just sit with those. But don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we should just abandon our past. In fact, our past will probably contain the seeds to the thing that we're truly passionate about doing. So I want you to mine your past and find the things that have moved you, that have defined you, where you've stood up, uh, four points, something that's moved you to tears. Let me give you an example from my own life. Some of you may have heard this before, but. Growing up, my, I had a sister, Georgina, who was very seriously disabled. She couldn't speak. She had epilepsy, autism, learning disabilities, various other mental and physical issues. Uh, when she was 20, she couldn't walk. Uh, she became paralyzed, all sorts of issues. At the time, it was just me growing up. It felt normal to me. But looking back, I realized that there are seeds in that that have really defined who I am and what I stand for. So seeing her who was not productive in any way, who couldn't add value to the world in any of the usual ways, and yet seeing how valuable she was as a person and how inspiring she was despite all her difficulties, it made me think, you know what, what am I going to do given that I actually am at almost the other end of the spectrum, right? I had an amazing academic career, successful in business and so forth. What's the impact I'm going to make in the world? Because she can't. 
I have that fundamental belief that if we are high performers, we owe it to the world to make it a better place. And that we shouldn't judge people based purely on those success metrics. My sister had none of them, but she was immensely valuable. So these are things which underpin my own mission and my own 25-year goal to help the world's very top leaders become forces for good at unprecedented scale. So you see, my future is really grounded in my past. And I see this all the time as I work with clients. So go deep, find the things that have really shaped you and think about how are those opening up chapters in your life that you want to perhaps uh, close or take to a new level in the future. Here's a great example of not being defined by the labels in your past. Howard Schultz, the renowned uh, chief executive of Starbucks. You see, Schultz grew up in a poor housing complex and he initially worked as a salesman for Xerox. He then joined Starbucks later on as a director of retail operations. But he had a vision for Starbucks. He saw how he could transform it from a coffee bean store to a coffee house and ended up buying the company and transforming the whole industry as a result. Now, this is somebody who could have seen himself as just a poor kid or as a Xerox salesman. But he left behind those labels to become an industry visionary, an entrepreneur at a super high scale. So reflect on your past roles. Which aspects did you love? What would you change? And what are the labels which perhaps you've been really attached to in the past, but that it might be time to let go of in the future? I hope you're enjoying this conversation. This is just a quick interlude to introduce you to two transformative programs that we run. The first is Rivendell, my exclusive group of top CEOs who are committed to transforming themselves, their businesses, and the world. It's an incredible peer group and a deep coaching experience that will push you to new heights, no matter how successful you've already been. The second is Impact Accelerator, a coaching program for executives who are ready to make a big leap forward in their own leadership. It's regularly described as life-changing and no other program provides such personal strategic clarity, a measurable shift in stakeholder perceptions and a world-class leadership development environment. Find out about both of these programs at xquadrant.com services. Now back to the conversation. Point number two is to write out your certitude list to expand the horizon. You see, very often when we start to think about our vision and our purpose, we start to set goals on what seems safe. In fact, it's a fear-based approach. We look at what we think we can accomplish, what we, uh, where we think we can perhaps make a bit of money, all those things. And while there's nothing wrong with that, what I want to suggest is you actually start with the core. Get down to what are your core beliefs? What are you actually fundamentally certain of? And use that to redefine your aspirations for what you want to accomplish in your life and your leadership. I'll give you an example. One of my interviewees on the, on the podcast said, said to me that at a point in his life when he was thinking about what was his next step, is he wrote down a list of what he called impact criteria. What's the checklist for my next role? 
that's going to really define my legacy. And he wrote down things like, it needs to make a global impact. I want it to have an impact that lasts after I retire from that role. I want it to impact people's lives and not just to be about the financials. I can't remember all of his particular criteria, but it was a compelling and inspiring list. And he said what he did was that then, as he started to look at various opportunities that came along, he would look at this fundamental impact criteria, if you like, the criteria for what his legacy would be. And he started to say, does this get me towards that? Or does that hit them on, on, on all the points? It's a great way to reset and remind yourself about your deepest values and your long-term goals. So impact criteria is one way. The other way which I've personally used is what I call a certitude list or certainty list. So if we're not certain about what we really believe, it's easy to focus on what's noisy and what's in front of us. For example, who's waving the biggest financial reward in front of us? Or what do we think is possible for us? But when we come back to certitude, we lock back into our values and the stance we want to make in the world. I'll give you an example. I wrote down on my list things like the following. I believe that the, I'm certain, in fact, that the world's top business leaders owe it to themselves and to the world to play full out and make the world a better place. I'm certain that the path of incrementalism is tempting and attractive, but ultimately unfulfilling, and we should shoot high. I'm certain that I have the experience, the education, the skills, uh, etc., to add impact to any group. And I'll bring my heart, my soul, my mind, my ideas, my passion, and I'll add value to them. I'm certain that when I work with chief executives and entrepreneurs, I change their life and I change their business. I'm certain in this because I've seen it time and time again. It makes a difference and an important difference. I'm certain that everybody is valuable. I talked about my sister. And that we shouldn't judge people based on the metrics that the world tends to use. Now, I could keep going about these certainties. But when I repeat these certainties, I become more grounded in myself. I remember what's important, what I really stand for. And then I can make decisions in the light of that. So go ahead and create your own list of certainties and then read them out to yourself periodically as you go through this process about dreaming of what's next. Here's an example from the wider world, Elon Musk. Now, I know Elon Musk these days gets quite a bit of stick around uh, Twitter X and, and all his, his adventures there. But if you look at his core projects of Tesla and SpaceX, these have been based on core convictions that he has about the world, about what's needed, and about what he stands for in that. So whether you like him or not, uh, those ventures have come out, obviously a lot of entrepreneurial skill, but also out of his convictions. So perhaps harness a bit of your own inner Elon Musk and write down those core beliefs, the things that you stand for, the things, the impact that you want to make in the world and start to look at how you can find your mission in and amongst that.
Point three is start with the sensible ideas, but then move to the silly grin. You see, very often when we're thinking about goals, plans, next level, what's next, we tend to stick to the practical and to the safe. Uh, we, we look for things that, again, based on our past identity, what's the next logical step? But I want to encourage you instead to venture past those and look for something which truly excites you. Because true passion often lies in those unexplored areas. Let me give you an example. A friend of mine is a successful consultant at a leading firm, uh, roughly partner level. And um, he works in the public sector. And he's very happy about the impact he's making. When I spoke to him, he's like, yeah, these projects are important projects for the country. I'm working at a high level with policymakers on this. I'm making a difference. I'm enjoying life. I said, that looks great, but I'm not getting the passion. You know, you've like a seven out of 10. It's okay. It's, it's fun, but I'm not sensing a real fire in you at this point. So let me ask you, you know, what would put a silly grin on your face? Well, he stopped and he thought, and uh, he's actually Scottish. And he said to me, you know, Richard, I would never vote for Scottish independence. I don't believe it. I want Scotland to be part of the United Kingdom. But you know what? If Scotland ever voted to be independent, oh, I would love to be part of building the new Scotland. And I could see the energy. So I asked him, well, what does that mean? Oh, well, I think Scotland's got a real leadership challenge. I have a vision for what we could do, building up leadership centers, raising up leaders, doing various things. And he, and he talked about these ideas. And I could feel, yeah, I could see the city grin. He was almost embarrassed to tell me because these ideas seemed so big and exciting and didn't feel possible to him. Now, of course, I left him with a challenge. Well, you know what? Perhaps you don't need to wait until a future referendum or an independence vote to get work, at work on that vision. Perhaps you can make that vision reality now, starting tomorrow. But the point is that he got to that moment where he got a silly grin. He felt embarrassed to tell me. It felt too big. And yet that's where the energy was. So start writing down your list of things that you think you could do next or possible alternatives. I bet you the first ones you write down will be the sensible ideas. And then as you run out of the sensible ideas and you start to write other ideas, that's where the silly grin will lie. And that's where your ultimate mission and purpose is probably to be found. Now, if you want another example for why it's important to find something that feels fun and exciting, look at Richard Branson. Now, Branson's known for his adventurous spirit, and he's often talked about how his ventures stem from his personal passions, whether it's setting up a record company or an airline or a space tourism company. Branson kind of does what's fun, what it genuinely excites him. And we see that in his enthusiasm, in his non-conventional approach. I love this idea. You know, I've been getting back to fun in my business for a while now. It's so easy for me as a strategist to be thinking about what makes sense, what sounds like a good thing to do, how I can hit numbers. But I find that when I tap into my sense of fun, woo, <laughs> right, it's fun. People love it. Fun is infectious. So find something that's fun. 
Find something that excites you. Find something that puts a silly grin on your face. Okay, point four. Embrace a 25-year mission. You see, often we get short-term. We focus on the next year, the next couple of years. We don't dare dream bigger. And often we do that based on financials, right? How am I going to make ends meet or bring in some money in the next couple of years? Now, for, many, for some people, yeah, that's really important. You have a short runway of cash and you need to think about that, obviously. But I would first of all say, don't get sucked into the how hole. Get clear about your North Star first. Then you can figure out how do you balance short-term cash requirements with the real mission you're there to pursue. Otherwise, if we only ever focus on the immediate uh, needs, we never actually get to impact. However, many of you listening will be successful Perhaps you never have to work a day in your life or you've got a long runway before you need to kind of get money in. So actually you can take the pressure off yourself. Often we, we have those pressures because we feel actually that it's the numbers that define our success. But instead, I want to encourage you to drop goals defined by numbers and whatever they are. Sam Altman said add a zero. I get it. It's one way of defining a goal. But actually we're never genuinely motivated by any kind of number. They're just generally vanity metrics. What we're really motivated by is the sense, the feeling of accomplishment and of contribution. So tap into what that feeling is and where in the world you'd like to create something that would create that for you. So 25-year mission is great because first of all, it takes the pressure off. You only have to do 1% each quarter for 25 years. Secondly, it allows you to dream huge, right? Almost anything could be possible in 25 years if you put your mind to it. And it allows you to think about lasting impact. What do you want to be doing, even small steps today, that by the end of 25 years has created something extraordinary in the world? You might think of Jeff Bezos as an example of this. Whether it's doing Blue Origin in space or doing Amazon in retail, He's always had a long-term vision about what's possible. Amazon was not profitable for years and years because he had a longer-term vision of what building the world's most customer-centric retailer, as he describes it, would look like. When everybody else thought Amazon was going to be a bookstore, he already saw it as a, as a buying-everything store. So again, whether you like Amazon or not, it's not the issue. The issue is the fact that he had a 25-year mission. He saw it in a much bigger level. And so that's the challenge. When you're thinking about what would be an exponential result for you, think about it on a 25-year time frame. So here are four areas, four questions you can ask yourself to truly ignite your mission in the world and find the thing that's going to fire you up for unprecedented impact. So let go of the past, let go of the labels, but also mine your past for those stories which are at the core of you. Secondly is align your beliefs with your mission. Get clear about your certainties, get clear about your impact criteria. Thirdly, go past the sensible ideas to find the fun and exciting ones that put a silly grin on your face. And finally, plan for the long term. You see, the long-term, the 25-year mission allows you to think bigger and bolder 
than ever before. So that's it. This is a fun journey. I want you to think about this journey of finding your mission, your purpose, your next level, not as a business objective or even a must-do goal, but as a life-changing quest. This is the thing that defines what we get up to in the world, how we spend our days and how we spend our life. It's a question that's really worth looking at seriously. Let's not spend our lives grinding something out when instead we could be joyfully pursuing something that's deeply significant for us. Life is not a rehearsal. So how are you going to engage with these big but oh so important questions? Remember, it's not just about building a better plan, but about letting go of fear, upgrading your vision of who you are and who you can be. And looking at the ultimate legacy of good that you can create in the world.